Hi, I'm Adrienne. I help people tell the stories they were told not to talk about. Maybe by their own inner critic. Maybe by the world. Either way, I'm here to serve as a kind of story midwife, birthing these beautiful naked narratives and helping them thrive. Telling our own stories and speaking our own truth should be the easiest thing in the world, but it's not. We all get blocked. We all feel censored, stymied, or silenced at times. We struggle to find the right entry point, to articulate the message we want to convey, and to identify the ideal audience to receive it. And that, my friends, is where I come in. I'm a professional brand voice consultant and story coach. I help entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, storytellers, and anyone else who is ready to start living out loud to deliver their authentic voice directly to those who most need to hear it. Are you ready to get authentic? Good, because that's allowed. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the That's Allowed podcast. I'm your host, hostess, I don't know, <laughs> Adrienne McKeon. And we are here today with Chris Owl. Chris, you want Hello. to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Chris Owl. I grew up a charismatic Christian and then became atheist, as, as you do. And then I, I took the step of trying DMT and it completely changed my life. And I was able to discover how to process feelings with my heart. I traveled uh, around the world and also around, since I'm, I'm in Canada, it's very multicultural. I was able to just try a, diff, a lot of different spiritual paths from all these different cultures. And I was able to take them and apply them to my life. Uh, recently, I have started a podcast where I'm exploring different ways of viewing the world. And in this process of, of creating a podcast and putting myself out there, I'm discovering a lot about the theme of authenticity. And that is what I want to talk about today. Awesome. But before we dive into that, I have a couple of questions. Yeah. I am really interested in the term charismatic Christian. Okay. Tell me more about what that means to you. Um, yeah, well, the charismatic Christians is a it's a group of Christians that I I rather like uh, because they actually do things with the teachings mm-hmm. and they go around and uh, actively try to heal people and they they do these bizarre activations in church where you have like a hundred people praying for one person. Uh, and then people end up shaking and falling on the ground. And then you're free to dance crazily in the church. So there's a lot of freedom that came uh, to balance some of the the uh, constraints from Christianity that are, are are there psychologically. So I I am I am thankful for the background, even though I, I have uh, moved on and incorporated a lot of other beliefs. It sounds so th- theatrical and dramatic. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, the first time I went to uh, an African-American church and everyone was singing and dancing in the aisles and people were like getting up and, you know, yelling amen and hallelujah. And I was like, oh my God, like this is so much more fun. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why have I been going to this boring Episcopalian church? So <laughs> yeah. I can certainly see the, the appeal of that. Definitely. I had one friend teach me how to throw spiritual fireballs at people. <laughs> wow. Okay, so um so this just reminds me of a totally random story. But when I was in college, I remember uh, a friend of mine, uh, her first roommate 
uh, woke her up in the middle of the night and was like, I'm on fire. And she's like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm on fire for Christ. And I need to tell you about it right now. <laughs> she was like, okay, but it's two o'clock in the morning. Like, can we talk about this in the morning? <laughs> so like, I appreciate that kind of passion. Like, I totally get it when you're just like on fire for something. I, I do get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People, uh, people get their things. So the other question I have is what is DMT? Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> uh, DMT is dimethyltryptamine. It's a brain hormone Oh. and it is in all living things. And it's referred to as the spirit molecule or Ooh. the God molecule. Wow. And the reason for this is because your pineal gland produces it uh, when you die or in your death experiences. Oh my gosh. And it's responsible for a lot of transcendent experiences that people have. So it also comes out in deep meditation. Mm -hmm. It also comes out in really, really peak athletic performance. It comes out in dark caves and it's in all living things. And in some plants and animals, it's in very high quantities and you can actually just take it and smoke it. And wow. at which point that's, that's what I did. Cause that's, that's easier than sure. <laughs> some of the other ways. So, uh, yeah, so I, I did that and I had an absolutely transcended experience that changed my life forever. Okay. But now I need to know what that experience was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well, fair enough. So I, I grew up Christian and then I was atheist. Uh, mm -hmm. and then I, that, those were the only two cultures and, and they're actually very similar culturally because they're both in Canada uh, where I, where I am. Um, I'd never experienced any other cultures outside the world. I didn't know any, anything about any other religion. So it was really strange when I smoked DMT and the music became alive, fractal patterns started going through my vision. Uh, and I had my eyes closed. I was too afraid to have my eyes open, to be honest. I didn't want to have an open eye hallucination. Um, so what was really strange was that a tunnel started forming and then out from the tunnel came this, what I described as an elephant headed man meditating. And it, it just came through and it, its presence was intense. It like it was really real. It was really there, and it started communicating with me telepathically. And and for those people who have never had that experience, it is kind of like you get impressions. So I was like getting impressions of just like things I needed to change that this entity was telling me. And it it wasn't even very mental. It was very like experiential, like. I felt it in my body yeah. and then I felt this weight drop from my head into my heart. And then I suddenly was like, Oh, that's what it's like to feel and have emotions and like experience them <laughs> properly without like wow. stuffing them away. And, and then after that, like I, I went uh, vegan like <laughs> for a while <laughs> and I started like trying all the different spiritual traditions and I was like, wow, I don't understand what's going on. I have to learn about this life. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's so interesting because so many shamanic cultures talk about like part animal, part people entities as spirit guides. That is such a common trope that you see over and over again. I think and, this one was Hindu, actually. I think this was Ganesh. Uh, yeah. yeah. It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that is so interesting and cool to me. So... What's happened since then? I mean, I, I, like you said, let's talk about authenticity. Let's talk about how this has made you more authentically you. What's happened? Right. Yeah. So 
if if I backpedal a bit, I yeah. I I grew up Christian, and part of being Christian for me was always suppressing my sexuality. Uh, and I'm I'm a straight male, like, but that that was repressed because um, at a young age, well, not that young, I was like 16. I I was given a purity ring, and I don't know. There's all this shame around just being sexual, just having yeah. sexuality, having a sex drive at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So of course I, I watched porn and masturbated and all of that, like like you do. But I did like it with a do. lot of shame. Yeah. Um, which was really the pain point there. Yeah. Um, and and then I I carried that shame on to such an extent that when I tried to talk to women, my face would go red. Uh, like I, I just wasn't able to to express myself. I always felt like I wasn't enough. Like I wasn't good right. enough. Yeah. And eventually I went to university and I decided, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being introverted and alone and I'm going to make friends. Mm-hmm. So I read a book and the, the book was, um, you know, it's about how to seduce women. Um, but it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like actually that CD surprisingly, it was, it was kind of like for the, it was telling you about morals within it <laughs> and it was telling you like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good idea to have a, a, a commitment if, if that's something you're into. And if not, you know, be upfront about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some, some pickup artists are pretty ethical. Others, not as much. Yeah. And I, I would never say I got to an artist level, <laughs> but, but one of the, one of the things that I, I did do was I learned that with everybody, women and men, I could just start to be uh, confident. And it, it's yeah. a decision. I could decide to be confident. And that's all there was to confidence. Yeah, that's it. It's the whole thing, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> the crazy mystery of it all. Yeah. It's just, I, I just have choice. to decide to be confident. Yeah. yeah. So I did that. I decided to be confident. And you know what? While being confident, there's always a part of me that I didn't show. There's always this part of me that was hidden and was like, well, you know, I'm actually offended by that or I'm actually hurt by that, but I'm not going to show it. Or or actually, I feel sad today, but I'm going to be happy anyways. You know what I mean? Like, So I, I, it wasn't like I could just put out my real self. And then uh, that that's a, that was, I guess made worse by the fact that I was doing advertising and in advertising, the whole premise is this war. I would, I would call it against the consumer. And, and I say war because they call them advertising campaigns. They're talking about strategic ways to bend somebody's will so that they target. Yeah, the target market. Mm -hmm. They talked at one point about a shotgun strategy or a sniper strategy. It was surprisingly violent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I'm just trying to communicate a product here. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And a lot of that was about learning also how to put up a false face or I, I mean, they did, they wouldn't describe it that way, but it's not about being authentic. It's about, you know, getting excited about the positive things about the brand. So if I'm, if I'm uh, promoting Tylenol, for example, I wouldn't talk about the fact that it harms your liver. I would be talking about how great it is that you can not feel pain <laughs> or, or whatever. I wouldn't talk about, you know, the value of pain and how that's useful. I wouldn't go into any of that. So, that there's just a lot of 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 false 
faces put out. And then I learned that I had to fake it till I make it to get into an ad uh, position at an ad agency. And this was about the time I did DMT, right? Right as I was finishing school in my fourth year of my BA program. And I was, I had just gotten a position um, in, in an internship to, to work in a, in a big ad agency in a coveted strategy position. Um, and I did DMT, you know, where just a bit before it? that. Like, where did you find it? Did someone DMT to you or, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I went, I went looking for it, but it, it was, mm-hmm. I watched, I watched a documentary, um, called DMT, the spirit molecule. And I read a book by a doctor called Dr. Extrausman, where he explains the clinical studies around the substance. Um, And then after that, I just started Googling it. And it was like, God, it's gotta be somewhere near me. I'm in, I'm in Toronto. It's like the, like everything's here. (laughs) (laughs) And sure enough, I was able to find a shaman and uh, I I won't say how, because you know, gotta, gotta protect the good people. Sure. But, uh, but you like if if you go into alternative communities where people are are like kind of generally spiritual but not religious mm-hmm. you'll find you'll find access to these substances if you ask okay. around <laughs> all right yeah so the um i i did dmt around this time and that's when i had the shift and then i started to like discover who i am and i also did a lot of meditation and i spent 10 days in a silent retreat this was it was super intense. So 10 days, no contact with other people, just silent, no speaking, no stimulation, no books, no writing, nothing. And so I'm just with myself <laughs> and it was awful. Yeah, uh, every once really in a while would be nice. Yeah. Have you, have you ever done that? So I used to do a lot of solo backpacking and I did this kind of on purpose because I'm such a people person. And I really, at, at that time in my life, desperately needed other people to like witness me and see me and like respond to me. And so as a sort of exercise of just like forcing myself to just fucking be and just be with myself, I would go on these solo backpacking trips and they were always really satisfying and always really awful while, while I was doing it. Just being alone and having to take care of all of my needs all on myself, you know, all by myself was really fucking hard for me. (laughs) Even if I had a book, even if I like, you know, it's like, I think about solitary confinement and what a cruel and terrible punishment that is because you do, you start to go a little bit nuts. Like we're social creatures and we are interdependent whether y'all like it or not. I, there, there was one point where I was going so nuts that I, 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 you know, I, I don't necessarily consider this nuts, but it, it was pretty nuts when I was experiencing it. But I, I felt like uh, I, I, I was so bored. I did a ritual to summon a guardian angel just to see what would happen. And I made up the ritual, I, you know. Sure. It, like and then I, I freaking heard a voice. Oh, oh my God. T- talking to me. I was like, what? <laughs> and it taught me this meditation. And I was like, what the heck? That's awesome. It's really strange. What was the meditation? Right. Yeah. You know, it was, it's, it's actually surprisingly powerful, but you, um, you, you, you pretend there's a lotus or a flower. I, I, I'm saying a lotus now because I've compared it to so many other things, but it's, it was a flower at the time and it's right in the, the center of your head, maybe like an inch above your eyebrows, okay. um, right in the center. And then you imagine it opening and then re- just sort of like receiving light. Um, 
and yeah later later i learned that you can actually burn yourself doing that and i that it's hard to explain how but yeah. if you if you do that you can actually burn yourself with energy and uh, you can increase connection between your left and right hemispheres okay i'm totally you know i'm gonna go try that you know i'm gonna do this yeah, I'll, I'll send you. yeah it's it's worth it okay. yeah you um you you might start to feel some like you 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 can also picture it as a mouth like just yeah. like a mouth allowing in light and you would breathe in here and then breathe out your nose okay like yeah and then if you do that for like five ten minutes if you have good focus uh, it will start to hurt but keep okay. going but keep going okay <laughs> So the burning is okay. It's part of the process. It's your nerves dying, but it's okay. they, they'll they'll actually like reheal. Your brain's okay. phenomenal. Amazing. Thank you. I don't want to be too crazy on your podcast. I'm sorry. You, that is what my podcast is for. <laughs> this is exactly where we can talk about this stuff that other people have said. That's too crazy. I don't want to hear about that. You know, bring it, bring a baby. I love it. Well, I'm the right guy then. <laughs> Great. Because I'll tell you what, like. We don't fucking know what reality is. We have nope. no idea. It's like a, you know, a giant diamond so big that we're looking at like one tiny, tiny panel of one facet of one side, you know, like we can't imagine what it actually looks like or is like at all. And, and how could we? <laughs> the more I learn, the less I know. Exactly. Like the, all the great people say. That. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I love anything that, that, you know, brings me closer to that sense of alignment and connectedness with that sort of oneness <laughs> of all the things. Um, I don't even have the right vocabulary for it. Do you know what I'm saying? There isn't any. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't any. Uh, but yeah, anything like that, anything where like, you went through something that significant and got a clear answer like yeah i want to hear about that yeah that's yeah. that's, that's got to be meaningful <laughs> yeah i it, it's it's hard to to even know what a clear answer is because every time i get a clear answer i know less <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh man cool i don't want to bring your bring your podcast into deep philosophy yeah, we'll, we'll we'll stick back to the main story because okay. there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of value here. So where was I? I did DMT. I discovered yes. more about myself in Vipassana, which mm-hmm. which is free, by the way. Well, not free. Pay what you can, so anyone okay. can afford it. Um, and then I I was discovering. Right. So then I, I went and did the internship anyway. So it's was like, I got to, I got to figure out what this is about. So I did the internship and it was not really for me. Like I was just watching, the, seeing the stress lines on all these young people. It's like, Oh my yeah. God, it's a sweatshop. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm, you know what? One time I stayed late to like 8 PM just to see like what people did. Like, why are you still there at 8 PM? And yeah, there's people in like intense meetings still at 8 PM. It's like, Oh, that's not, not no. the right life for me. No. Yeah. So anyway, so my journey to authenticity. So I I left that and then I started to do marketing for um, my mother's company. She has an essential oil company. Mm-hmm. And I was really, I was really impressed because 
like she never had an essential oil company until until like right around the time that I had left. It was like she just started this new thing and was just starting to earn enough money that she was like, hey, I get my son to help advertise this. So it was like really good timing. And so I was able to promote a product I believed in. These are high quality therapeutic essential oils. And I was just like really excited to have such a pure natural product to promote instead of like Tylenol and other um, stuff that, that I'm not really about. Um, and I was really learning a lot because I'm taking all these principles, these war-based marketing tactics, and I'm applying them on these sweet mothers <laughs> <laughs> who, are, who are like the main demographic for, for essential oils, like all these sweet mothers. And it's, I'm just like, things aren't working. <laughs> and and <laughs> So I'm just learning how to be authentic. And it's, man, it's a journey. Like I'm still learning even now how to be authentic. Absolutely. Um, It's like you said, the more you learn, the less you know. And the more you learn about yourself, the more you realize you don't know yourself at all. We don't know anything about ourselves. We don't know anything about anything. (laughs) Yeah, I'm some monkey that just playing around with these energies I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, from there, it, I, I started a, a company with my business partner selling vibration technology, which is really cool because um, it's basically a magical jewelry that has effects on your body. So I was really excited to, uh, to do that. But then I was learning in this, at this point that there are even like it's even more important for me to be authentic because now it's like like before it was my mother's brand I wanted to be authentic for her but now it's like even closer to me because this is now something like I'm promoting with yeah. my name and and my face and it's like it's it's really important and then after that I started a podcast recently and I'm putting myself out there even more and it's like now it's a, now I am what I'm promoting. It's like me or, or really, if I'm being really honest, it's what comes to me and flows through me. Yeah. And that's what I'm promoting. And then how do I, how do I do that properly? Like, how do I do that in a way which honors and respects whatever the sources of the cool insights that I get excited about? Or, and how do I, how do I honor and respect myself and the people that are listening to me? Like people who are we're spending time to listen to me and I, I don't want to say like, like I'm, I'm better than you listen to me, you know? And, and I also don't want to say like, I'm not valuable. Like I'm just like everybody else. I want to like have this, it's a funny balance between like saying, yeah, what I have to say is great. I'm great. I'm really important, but I'm not better than you. You're also special. You're also great. And there's a lot of value in you. And so I'm learning how to, how to find this balance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a tricky thing. I 100% hear that. I think the key for me is getting out of my own way as much as I possibly can. Like you said, just letting that energy flow through me, not second guessing myself so much. And just if I'm, fe- you know, if, if, if what I'm doing is in alignment with helping people tell their stories, with helping other people hear those stories and change their lives, get, you know, more in alignment with their own values and their own selves and their own authenticity, then 
however I do it, great. Yeah. I'm not, I'm going to try not to judge myself too much because you can just get caught in that trap of endless, like second guessing and judging yourself and oh yeah, nowhere. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I've been going through. I've, I've been, I've been second guessing myself where I'll see, I'll see like a, a friend's brand or, or a podcast that I haven't seen in a while and be like, oh wow, that's beautiful. Like look at her branding, look at how well she's doing. I'm like, man, I need to yeah. add some of that to my brand. And then I'll look somewhere yeah. else like, oh, I need some of that in my brand and that and that. And I'm like, oh no, where's uh-huh. me? Yeah. <laughs> so I came to a solution. I was like, <laughs> and this, this is, is, it's kind of funny, but I was basically like, fuck branding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, I, I, what I meant by that was that I'm, fuck fancy branding. And I yeah. decided I would just use simple branding. I was like, okay, what is the minimum amount of branding that I can do so that I can just focus on my message and my content? Cause ultimately yes. that's, that's what's important. Not, not the facade I, I paint around it. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so in love with brand voice or the concept of brand voice is because it's just really your meaning. It's your message. It's like how, how and what you're communicating to the world. And again, you can get caught in endless cycles of comparison and, oh, her logo's better than mine. And, oh, his introduction's better than mine. And, oh, he's got better equipment than I do and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, you have what you have. And as long as you're leveraging your own strengths, you're doing great because there's no such thing as someone with no weaknesses. That is not a thing. Not a thing. Yeah, it's so true. I tell entrepreneurs this all the time when they're talking about hiring, you know, like, oh, I want to hire this guy, but oh, he's got these problems. Do you not have problems? (laughs) Does anybody not have problems? The real question is, does, are his strengths strong enough that they're really going to bring the value you need? Like, can you leverage those strengths to get good results? The rest can be showed up over time, you know, unless they're really problematic and like, you know, making other people uncomfortable, which whole other conversation, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. I, I've been finding that, that one of the things that I need to do um, in, in this journey to allow myself the space to, to create good content and to find good branding is to allow myself to be fake. And, and I'm <laughs> saying this because I want to be real and I think I want to be real and authentic too much that it gets in the way. Right. <laughs> so yeah. by saying, you know what, it's okay that I'm fake sometimes. It's okay that I don't really know what I'm doing sometimes or I don't really understand my message sometimes and I'm stumbling and trying things out. Like it's just okay to do that. It's just rest in that discomfort. I, I, th- this is literally in the last week I'm coming to this. So yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's great stuff. I love that. You, you have to forgive yourself. I mean, we're all going to screw up. That's what we're here to do. We're not here to be perfect. Then we would be born perfect. We're here to yeah. screw up and learn and improve and change and screw up again and <laughs> learn something different. Isn't that what Miss Frizzle said? Do you remember Miss Frizzle oh, yeah, from? Yeah, of course. Isn't it like get messy, Magic make mistakes? Bus. Yeah, yeah. I remember that from a kid. That was so. That was a. That's a good message. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We are here to make mistakes. That's our whole purpose. Yeah. So if you're not making mistakes, you're not taking enough risks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Recently, uh, I mean, this this just happened and it was 
it's it's hilarious and it's it's still not even fully resolved and it's awful at the same time. But I I I we messed up with a company. There was some miscommunications in, in my in my company and we had to take something down for legal reasons because we thought we were working with a company, but we we're actually working with like an independent distributor of that company or something. And okay. so when he said something he didn't represent anyways. So I have this this video that we're really proud of that we're using to promote um, our fancy vibration jewelry Mm -hmm. and it had to get taken down for legal reasons. And I was like, Oh no, I love that video. I really wanted that. And I also like my heart's hurting that this company is thinking that I'm like trying to like deface it or something. It's like not at all what I'm trying to do. Um, And then they're all angry and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just like, okay, I got to center and I got to figure out, you know, what what is the hidden opportunity here because every time life gives you some big messy situation there's always a hidden opportunity and i'm just learning learning about this and thinking grow rich that i'm reading and i'm applying it and so i've set the intention with my business partners that you know what we are going to make this company love us and promote our product because they're going to get so excited about it that we're going to, they're going to be a business alliance and we'll be able to promote them and they'll be able to promote us. So yes. that's, that's the goal. So. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That so is- that's, that's the way I work with mistakes and I'm learning to. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love the word. Uh, oh no. So now I'm, now I'm mixing things up. I think it's catastrophe. No, catastrophe means bad stars. Uh, well, there's a word. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, maybe it's in Chinese. Okay, there's a word okay. in Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and it means disaster and opportunity at the same time. Oh, yeah, that makes and sense. I, yeah, and I don't know what the word is now, but I, I, I'll look it up. But yeah, I've always loved that because I think that's, that's what everything is, like a disaster and an opportunity <laughs> at the same time. It's almost like that word would just mean like situation or yeah, event. Exactly. Like <laughs> or, or maybe like important event. Like yeah. like a big event. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So interesting. How I mean, I, I can definitely hear that this has changed you in a mm-hmm. big, big way. How do you think it's affected your kind of day to day life, just being more in touch with your authenticity? Yeah. It's, it's a journey. So in my day-to-day life, I'm going to assume that does not mean business because business, well, business is actually a lot of my life. Sure. Uh, I shouldn't call it business. The word means busy, busyness. Yeah. It's projects, my projects. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Creativity. Let's talk about that. Like my creativity. Your creative life. Yeah. Well, it's, it's improved my creative life because I, I've been, faster now. So I'm going with my initial inspirations quicker and I'm not doubting myself. I'm just like, I have this rule that I call the 80% rule and I'm sure it's everywhere. My friend was telling me that he calls it MVP or minimum viable product or something. Mm -hmm. But basically as soon as I have something that works and solves the problem, I don't, I don't make it perfect. I just put it out there and I just see what happens. So that's one of the ways. And then that's one of the ways I've been able to integrate authenticity uh, rather than like spinning my wheels, trying to make it super perfect. And the other way is the enemy of done. Perfect is the enemy of done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. Yep. Go on. I like, there's this quote that that reminds me of. Um, 
I don't remember who who wrote who said this, but um, you know you have reached perfection not when there's nothing more to add, but when there's nothing more to take away. I love mm-hmm. that quote. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, all my designs are minimalist because of it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that's one of the things that I've learned how to do, and um, because I have been incorporating authenticity, and the other one is to release things when I've done them. So like I went part of the 80% rule is that you don't keep going, but it also means you don't think about it and you don't keep checking up on it and you just let it be, let it go and you just see what happens. So that's part of it too, is because I'm, I'm, I'm being more authentic and I'm not taking my value from my work. I'm, I'm treating my value. So I'm treating my work as a, learning experience for me to grow and I'm not so concerned that it's a reflection of me in my ideal. It's just where I'm at now and that's okay to be not perfect. Yeah. So I'm just letting things go and I'm finding a lot of value from that. And that is helping me be more authentic as well. Just that release. Yeah. I like to make a distinction and I only really, really like realized this in this past year, I think, is that there's a distinction for me between value and worth because value is something that like, you know, the outside world kind of puts a value onto something relative to something else. Right. And worth is just like, this thing is worth something. And so I really try to separate for myself the idea of, you know, what value can I bring to the world? Like I can create value. I'm valuable, but my worth is completely disconnected from all of that. I am worthwhile just because I exist. Therefore I am worthwhile, (laughs) you know, and that, that sense of worthiness that is not connected to the value that I create or the value that I bring has been really important to me. Because I know I'm one of those people that I feel like if I'm not bringing value to other people, like I'm worthless. And I really, (laughs) I have to struggle with that. And I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't try to bring value to people in the world. Like, obviously, that's what we're all here to do. We're all here to bring value to each other. But at the same time, if you're like flat on your back with the flu or whatever it is, like you're not worthless, you're still you're still worthy as a person, whatever you're doing or whatever you're going through. Yeah. B. I love that. I grew up, I grew up Christian with, with that exact teaching. They have this idea that everybody is inherently valuable just because they're a a child of God. They would say, I mean, I would take that further and, and say that all life is valuable, but I, I do really appreciate that teaching from such a young age. And I totally share that with you, the inherent value of human life. Yeah. All right. Let's see. The next question I have here is who needs to hear this? Yeah, I would say that, I mean, on some level I can give the terrible, the terrible business answer of everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But, but in your case, it's kind of true. I mean, everybody <laughs> needs to be more authentic. Everybody needs to be more in touch with them, themselves and their own authority. You know? Yeah. If I had to refine it, I would, I, would say, I would say look at the point of your life where you are creating and expressing yourself and allow yourself to do that imperfectly 
and allow yourself to do that without comparing yourself to other people and rather just compare yourself to yourself. Just always do better than you did yesterday. And if you didn't, it's okay. Do better tomorrow. You know, I love that. That's great. What do you think is the main message and takeaway from this story? Yeah, I would say that, that it's okay to, to be in process. Just Mm -hmm. that, that idea of not being where you are, not being at that goal, not being that, that ideal self that you know you could be, but to be, I don't want to say comfortable because that's not the right answer, but I, but to allow yourself to be where you are while still moving towards that ideal state while simultaneously letting the ideal state not be so defined that it can't move to an even better version of it. Mm, Yeah. It's a little wordy. (laughs) What do you think? I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute here. Wait, wait, wait. That's funny. It was a little wordy and that's me failing to allow myself to be imperfect. There we go. Nice See, I'm, I'm not, I haven't even figured this out yet. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> figured this out. I mean, and the people who have, like, you know, congratulations, but I'm sure they have other things to <clears throat> to work on as well. Like saving the, the world. Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You're you're a brand coach, right? Like yeah. your job is to find people to, to find the, the heart and the authenticity of yes. people and to bring that out. Yeah. So I was you just, you must say, have a lot of good advice on this. Too. <laughs> I was just going to say, so I'm going to add, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We're going to do a little exercise. Okay? okay. I want you to think for a moment, what are your top values? The things that you think are most important in the world <clears throat> and don't overthink this. Don't judge yourself. Just call them out. What do you yeah. value? What's important? I value the integration of dogma so that it becomes personal and non-dogmatic. I, I could probably phrase that better, but, but there's something about just take, taking the, the societal information that we've been given and to refine that into your own experience so that it, you go outside of that and you create your own ideal. Uh, so that that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is listening to people's stories. Because when you listen to people's stories, that helps you do that process that helps you see yourself and your constructs from another point of view, uh, and allows you to, to just have the beautiful experience of having another life for a few minutes as, as you get to live and breathe a, t- a totally different experience. So those are two of the key traits that Okay, so I'm going to yeah. refine mm-hmm. those for you a little bit. Yeah, so let's do it. It sounds to me like when you're talking about, you know, transcending dogma, <clears throat> part of that is authenticity as we've been talking about, and part of that is freedom of just like openness and 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 the ability to question things. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Does that resonate with you? Okay. Yeah, if freedom's been a big a big yeah. factor in my life. I've always been a little bit rebellious. <laughs> yeah. And that's good. That's good. You, so, so a little bit of rebelliousness. Yeah. Questioning. 
And then the second one to me feels more like empathy. It's listening, it's connecting with people, it's putting yourself in their kind of shoes. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, an empathetic connection with people combined with personal freedom of thought. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add into that? You know what's funny? When I went to go and do DMT the first time, the question yeah. I asked the shaman, uh, not really the question, this the statement of intention that I had for the shaman was, mm-hmm. I want to find the truth. And it was really interesting because she told me, I mean, and it's debatable whether or not she should have told me this, but she told me, Chris, there is no truth. <laughs> right. <laughs> she told you the truth, which is there is no truth. But go try to find it anyway. It's kind yeah. of a fun thing. That's what we're here for, right? But but I guess this this need to find the truth has been a major part of my life experience such that I debate you know, I've learned, I've learned to chill out a bit, but my nature is to debate everybody when they say everything because there's an equal and opposite truth to it at all times. But then I learned, you know, it's okay to let people be, be polarized. You just got to let them be. But, but I used to debate people tooth and nail about anything. It was kind of, kind of frustrating. Um, but then I got to this point where I've, I've found the truth, but I found the truth couldn't be expressed. Yeah. <laughs> and and the more you try to be right and the more you try to make other people wrong the further you get away from it yeah yeah, yeah. cuz it, it well it just creates this division right yeah exactly and i i had this this chronic need for creating division in mm-hmm. in in the goal to find the truth <laughs> which is ironic right cuz the truth is more like a a singularity yeah yeah great word (laughs) yeah and it's and i think you can't i i say this with about love too it's like we needed to as humans experience life you know and so we had to create these binary structures like light and death and light and dark and you know all this stuff and and it was so that we could experience love as a thing because before that we just were love love was it Right, <laughs> but you can't. It can't be. It, like nothing can be it. Anyway, yeah. again, we're getting way off in like philosophy land. So I love let's... it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that truth is that thing, though. But it. Yeah. So I don't know how to explain it other than I will say that the, singularity. The I like of that. Trueness, I guess. Oh, I see what you you mean. Yeah. <laughs> personal, personal, personal trueness. Yeah, pursuit yeah. of personal trueness. I like that. <laughs> so I want you to take a moment. And um, so we have that idea of freedom, rebelliousness, authenticity, empathy, and this kind of pursuit of knowledge and truth and understanding. Yeah? Yeah. So let's, let's take this one at a time. And I want you to get an image in your mind when I say this word. So if I say the word freedom what do you see in your mind um i see a silhouette of a figure like bent backwards with their with their arms outstretched and then this burst of light behind them as though they're on a hill nice yeah and i I don't know how much anyways that's what i got whatever okay great (laughs) so now i want you to think about the word empathy 
Oh, I saw <laughs> saw two people hugging. Okay. <laughs> Just but but again, they're silhouettes. There's all the the yeah. like silhouette figures in the light, and then they're like hugging. Okay, so we've got two figures that are kind of standing like this, and then they come in for a hug. It's it's interesting because I only saw one figure the first time. Okay. That I'm, I'm not trying to like put, put anything on here. What I'm trying to do is help you connect these two images into a story in your mind. Mm. So however that works for you, morphing from one to the other, what does that look like? Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, my, I, I, I am not, I'm not clear enough to see it properly right now, but there's, mm-hmm. there's part of me that's seeing it as like the figure splitting in half and hugging itself. <laughs> I like that. That's actually really cool. Yeah. I love that. So you've got this figure that's like the oneness, the, the everything, right? And it splits into two and embraces. And then I want you to think about the word authenticity. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's when the figures, you know, they joined hands and started creating grass for some reason. Mm -hmm. They they sort of like, just like spread out their hand. It's like if they were on a hill, they, they like, they spread their arms out down the hill. Mm -hmm. They turned from each other towards the emptiness. And then there was just this green grass that started flowing out of them. Wow just an abundance of like life. That's beautiful. Okay. What about the word? Well, it's not really a word. (laughs) I was going to say truth, but then I was like, well, but we said the pursuit of truth because we decided truth is not really like something we can grasp. But so pursuit of truth. What is that? What do you see? funny isn't it what comes to your mind well i'll say it it's the grass coming back onto the people okay (laughs) i just saw the grass like running back to the people yeah okay like super esoteric actually (laughs) yeah okay are there any more values or words that you feel like you want to add to this picture for a a completeness of your worldview. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. I, I I would have a I would have the the whole animation start with a dot coming out of the light morphing into the free human. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then I want you to just take a moment, like shake off whatever, take a deep breath. Yeah. And to see that whole thing start to finish. (laughs) No, this time the grass came back and formed like a hugging circle with the humans. I love it. I love it. Earth and the humans, we're all embracing each other. Got some ecology going on, some sustainability, it sounds like. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how does it feel in your body? How does that it's feel? It's joyful. Yeah, certainly yeah. joyful and bubbly. Beautiful. In the heart, it's expansive. Yeah. So that is yours now. 
Anytime yeah. that you feel a little bit disconnected or a little bit like, I don't know if this is the right choice for me, for my branding, whatever, come back to that. Come back to that little animation, that little story in your mind. Feel that joy, feel that expansiveness, feel that bubbliness, and then try again. Hmm. That's really useful. You're welcome. Before I would just take a break, but now, now I could take a break and do this. Exactly. Like, to like not just take a break, but to like focus my energy instead of having it scattered. I like it. I find it super useful. Can I ask what yours is? Absolutely. <laughs> so mine, <laughs> um, I started with flow because that was just super important to me um, when I was creating this is like just being in flow, feeling like I wasn't pushing against the world. I wasn't like paddling madly to try to make things happen. I was just in flow and like letting the world, you know, and the universe sort of carry me to wherever I needed to be. That, that feeling of trust, you know, like partnership with the universe. So what I pictured is that I was a little fairy on a little pedal floating down a river. <laughs> That fits. Yes. Yes. I'm just this little sparkly fairy, like, and I was, you know, playfulness was in there too. So I would occasionally sort of just like spin around just for funsies. Um, And then a connection was really important to me. So I saw all these butterflies that would come down and they would land on me and they would leave just a little bit more sparkle, a little bit more glitter before they would take off again. And so I was kind of providing like a place for them to land, a place for them to just be and be safe for a little while, but they were also bringing me a gift, the gift of their stories, the gift of their authenticity and their brand. Ooh. Yeah. And so then- um, So happy. It's such a happy little, <laughs> happy little story. And there's abundance all around me. So I had fish just jumping like, you know, all around me. So whenever I was hungry, like I could just like put my hand down and one would kind of like just- come into my hand and it was like this sort of symbiotic relationship of like you know I was sort of at one with the with the environment and uh and I also realized after a while of doing this because I you know I was using this animation I realized that there was something missing and I realized it was because I was alone in this picture except you know the, the butterflies that were coming down but like I, I felt like I needed other fairies. <laughs> you had like a Garden of Eden moment. <laughs> yes. And so I said, it was very, I, I'm not even going to lie. It was a very My Little Pony moment for myself where I saw these other like, you know, it was like friendship is magic. And I looked around and I saw my best friends, you know, all around me. And we were all in this together. And we were all kind of creating this sort of, not like a circle, but like a shape that was always sort of changing as we were floating down the river. And sometimes somebody would go around a rock or, you know, go off this way, but we would always come back together. And just that feeling of community was really important to me. And so that's my, that's my little go-to image. And every time I do that, it just puts me right back on the right path. Wow. I'm, I'm just looking at the similarities between your story and mine. It's, it's cool. It's I like interesting, it. isn't it? It's, it's funny because right at the end of my story, I added a whole bunch of grass friends. <laughs> yeah. It, I, like, it's funny how you, you know, at the end you're like, oh, it's not just me here. Like community is a thing. <laughs> and we all have our own kind of visual, you know, uh, vocabulary. Things that convey this, you know, these feelings or these ideas to us personally. But it's funny how often the values and the, you know, the kind of basic ideas behind the images are the same. We all want the same stuff. Yeah, that's, that's part of why I'm so passionate about my project 
uh, with Behind the Grid uh, podcast because I want people to communicate <laughs> because I've I've now gone to so many different cultures and I've I've heard so many different people say it like it's not exactly the same thing but if you can understand that the the truth that the the greatest despair is also the greatest opportunity mm. that if you can understand that paradox then with that same mindset you can see how everybody is saying the same thing yeah it's just very paradoxical yeah yeah even 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 atheists um it, they're saying like a lot of the the same things just from different perspectives yes that then uh that that even like a, a yogi or a christian is um but but less the dogmatic ones and more the uh, the people who have thought for themselves, the free thinkers within each each worldview, you could say. Yeah. I am a big fan of just taking tools from wherever I find them. And I find good tools in every religious tradition. And I find good tools in, you know, the writings of all kinds of different people. <laughs> if you had to, to give your three best, what would your three Ooh. best tools be? Oh, that's a great question. I think um, vulnerability which I've gotten from Brené Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> just that idea of embracing your vulnerability and not being ashamed of it and just saying this is actually my power. This is actually my strength. Is me being vulnerable and authentic and showing you what's really going on with me right now. But also recognizing that not everybody deserves your shame story and that you don't have to like throw your pain at everyone who will listen to it. The paradox. Yes, the paradox. Um, I love the idea and I don't honestly remember where I even got this, but I love the idea that everything you want is on the other side of your fear. Yeah. 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 I, I just came out with a, a video on my Instagram recently that I called how to make the devil your spirit guide. And that's the basic concept it. of it. <laughs> I love it. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. So one more, one more. Uh, honestly, I'm going to sound so cheesy right now. <laughs> I'm judging you so hard right now. (laughs) (laughs) That love is always the answer. Yeah. It always is. You know? Like, (sighs) it's a tough one. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel as loving in the moment. (laughs) Mm. Sometimes you have to, you know, give someone a hard truth. Or sometimes you have to, you know, it's not always like a big huggy, you know, happy fest. Like sometimes love sometimes like it's like I say about self-care like self-care isn't always a bubble bath self-care is sometimes making yourself get up at five o'clock in the morning and go running like self-care is sometimes you know going to bed early and sometimes it's staying up late like it's it's just what needs to be done for you and what you need (laughs) and it's not consistent like sometimes it is and sometimes it's not yeah and love is the same way it's like sometimes the most loving thing you can do is to separate yourself from someone completely and never speak to them again. Sometimes that's an act of love. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> you just have to, I think you always have to listen to your gut. But again, even doing that, like sometimes your gut doesn't give you a clear message or, you know, you are interpreting it through your ego lens. And so. I found that with love when I can't love properly. And and I'm not saying I can always do this either, but there's another option that I sometimes am able to do. 
where I'm able to just focus on my heart and imagine it um, expanding, like imagining energy yeah. coming away from it out of the center of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that that's useful for creating yeah. that sensation of love. Yeah. Even if I can't be yeah. loving. And I think that, I mean, that does come from Christianity. Uh, just love thy neighbor, no exceptions, you know? And it comes from a lot of different traditions, but it's it's become more and more clear to me over the years that like, it's it's all there really is. Like kindness, love, empathy, like that's always the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to stay in that, vibration though like there's oh, yeah <laughs> there's so many things that just pull me out of it like mm-hmm. like my partner today was just saying something over and over and over again and, and I was like man I can't talk right now and that's so like I, I there's these moments where like yeah I'm not even loving to the people I love the most which is is really or ourselves painful ourselves. yeah or, or ourselves you know, like the way we, like, like I just said, oh, this is going to be so cheesy. Like I just judged myself for talking about love, which I know to be the, you know, closest thing I have to truth. So like, it's so cheesy. Why don't you talk about hate for once? (laughs) (laughs) But I also realize, I also realize I'm so privileged (laughs) in some ways because I get to be this kind of like, you know, happy go lucky little, like love everybody person partly Mm. because I have very carefully surrounded myself with people who are good litmus tests and who will, you know, say to me, Hey, that person is taking more than they're giving to your life. You need to pull back. And I go, Oh, I didn't even see that. Cause I just see like the good in people. And so I let other people play bad cop. I do that. And I've realized that, you know, it's actually really important for me sometimes to confront people and to, you know, do say the hard thing, not the mean thing, but the hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Recently, um, my, my partner didn't want to go to her best friend's, uh, party and it, it's because we don't really drink and mm-hmm. we're just not really into it, Yeah, but, but that whole subculture is very into it. Yeah. And we don't want to like we don't want to judge them, but it's also just there's only so much fun you can have when everybody's drinking and you're not. And you're not. Yeah. And it's like I could do a little bit of weed, but I mean, I'm such a nerd when I say it like that, but <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I, I don't even smoke. I, I hardly do any substances, even though yeah. I'm a very big advocate of of, of DMT. Like, of DMT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and again, I think it's really about what it does for you or what you're trying to do. Like if you're trying to numb your pain, well, mm, you're probably not going to learn what that pain is trying to teach you. And it's probably going to just slow you down and hold you back. If you're using it to enhance your, you know, kind of third eye creativity, like, you know, expansiveness to ideas and alcohol, no weed. I'm just talking about any kind of. Substance, oh, okay. <laughs> right? Like, what are you? What are you using okay. it for? That's the that's the basic question, right? Like, alcohol it, does not do that. <laughs> alcohol does not do that. Which is why I don't drink. <laughs> also, it puts me right to sleep. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that any substance, it really just depends on what your what your intention is and how you know, like, know your dosage, obviously. <laughs> and, you know, have a trip sitter if it's Absolutely. intense. Yeah. 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 Have good intentions. 
You know what's funny? I, I this is one book I I totally recommend. It's on my bookshelf. It's called uh, Agora: The Left Hand of God, and wow. it's a phenomenal book. It's okay. about the Agoris in uh, in India, mm-hmm. and these Agoris are like they, they do the most intense intense rituals, like the like rituals on a on a shava or, or a dead body. You know, like um they'll was in the book he talks about the proper use of alcohol and the proper use of alcohol is to to drink a ton right before you do something that you would not have the balls to do otherwise <laughs> yes liquid courage <laughs> yeah and so he did that right before doing a, an intense ritual to summon a, a death goddess on a dead body <laughs> wow yeah, it's it sounds intense. He didn't kill the girl. Don't worry. He found an existing dead body. Got it. He he has morals. <laughs> They're just it's really intense. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating book. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. And thank you so much for this conversation. And yeah. I hope we can continue. I I would love to be on your podcast. So I thought yeah, we can continue this conversation. My podcast um, goes for like 1 to 3 hours long, so fantastic. <laughs> you're welcome to to come on and it would be my joy to talk to you as long as as you have time to. Awesome. I would love that. Yeah, if okay. if uh, if anybody wants to check out my podcast, you can go to uh, www.owlchris.com and there's a link there to my behind the grid podcast. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure for me to, to share myself. And I I feel like I've had a cathartic release during this podcast. So what you're doing here is so special and I totally support you. I, I just want you to be one of the, one of the best biggest podcasts so that more people can get the good stuff that you're sharing. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm tearing up a little bit. <laughs> it just, it feels really good to be seen, you know, when yeah. somebody really sees what you are genuinely good at and yeah. calls that out. It just, it feels really good. So yeah. You. Like you've, you've taken the branding and you've brought that down to the human individual level and that's what you do on your podcast. And it just feels, feels so good to be in this, in this space, hanging out with you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Have a beautiful rest of your day. You as well. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this episode inspiring or at least entertaining. Please subscribe and tell all of your friends to subscribe and, you know, like me and rate me and say nice things about me on social media. All that stuff really matters and it costs you zero dollars. And speaking of things that cost zero dollars, I give out 20 minute consultations for free for new clients. So listen, if you've got a story you're not telling, a brand that's in need of an authentic voice or a brand voice that's in need of great content and an audience to enjoy it, I would love to help you out. Head on over to my website, thatsallowed.com, to find out more. Are you ready to make your voice hurt? Good, because that's allowed.